welcome, welcome. Uh, this is the Mexican Soccer Show, an all-on podcast dedicated to all things Mexican football and everything else that goes along with the drama, the craziness with this, you know, beautiful sports that we cheer along. Let's go. It's Lizzie in the East Coast. Hello. Florida. How are you? I know it's late for you, but uh, thank you for joining and thank you for being a part of the Mexican Soccer Show once again, Lizzie. Of course, it's never too late to talk all things Mexican national team, especially on roster day. So, uh, yes, so saying hi to everybody on the stream already. Giovanna Sanchez, always the first one, start the stream. She said, This is going to be good. Yes, this is going to be good. And uh, I think Amy might be joining us soon if she gets on, but I know she's got a lot to do before uh, leaving the Qatar. So, uh, she might have to not jump on, but uh, yeah. Yassi Armo saying hi to Elche, 420. Aaron Pinedo, let's go. Uh, Giovanna saying, how are you feeling, we saw? We saw Santi coming, but Linus, all right, let's 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 just jump right in. I mean, this is, just like you said, Lizzie, it's list day. We knew this was going to come out, 12 p.m. on Me- Mexico City. Everyone's excited. I mean, not that we were excited, but we we're just like, let's get this over with. So many different people tweeting out things. Official list already come out. And even at the end, you know, surprises, don't worry. Like all these different journalists had their own list or had their own sources. And even myself that I wasn't like too crazy about tweeting out, but we finally got it. The 26 man roster came out. Um, So just your overall kind of in the last 24 hours with the list, Lizzie, how are you feeling? I think the word is overwhelmed. Um, I was overwhelmed yesterday just by the reports coming in. Linus won't travel. Santi will travel. Santi's here. Um, And then this morning, waking up to the video that um, Linus was reporting for duty at Girona. So a lot of confusion, a lot of mixed messages. But at the end of the day, I think I was just excited to get that official list and get in. Excited? Yeah. I mean, I'm excited. I think people... We're going to riot either way. Um, there was definitely some <laughs> missing figures. Like, for example, today was the first day I've seen that amount of people defending Eric Sanchez for not making the list. So I think people are going to be upset no matter what. Not to say that I personally wouldn't have made changes to the list. Lies. That this is your perfect list. Lies, Lizzie. Oh, We've gone over it every no. weekend. Well, We'll go in. We'll go in and talk about uh, yeah. Linus or, or Piojo. Um, just to set up how it was, and if you weren't paying attention on Twitter or, you know, you, you have other things to do, not just to follow the national team. Um, yesterday came out, Diego Linus and Santi Jimenez would not be on Tata's final list. We accepted it. Okay, fine. People like uh, Guilherme Araje, uh, Medrano, uh, Ruben, everyone that's close just said, yeah, we're getting the con- confirmation. Right. I got confirmation too. Okay. I was all right to tweeting it out and I tweeted it out. Here we go. This is, this looks like it, but Santi Jimenez and like you mentioned and Linus were still going to travel and report said that Linus wasn't going to travel in the middle of the day. And then in the morning we saw Santi Jimenez join and also Diego Linus join, which kind of gave us a little bit of hope. And I'm pretty sure all the journalists that said these two guys were out because People have their sources inside the the national team, whether it's with Ilero or a coach. I don't know. Somehow, like they're told 100% this player's in, and I was told that they're that Diego Linus is 100% in. 
from like a week, two weeks ago. So I was always kind of like, no, no way. No way if it's Piojo. Then we saw Santi get there, get here early in the morning. And then we saw Diego Linus get in early in the morning. And you just kind of started hoping. Yeah. Why would they come if they knew that they were not going to be part of the list? Lizzie, is there some sense that, I mean, this um, looks bad? Were you confused? What's going on? Ah, did it give you hope? I, it didn't personally give me hope. I think there's a lot of confusion going around and a lot of people demanding a sort of transparency. I'm part of the team that at this point in the stage, it's not a right that we have. We don't need certain explanations. Um, and then the report saying that Linus left upset, that Sandy's still with the team. I don't know. I think everyone's trying to get their little bit of information and it can be contradicting. So at this point, I would just take things as is, which is Linus and Sandy are not on the list. With whether they're with the team, whether they were informed to pull four or not, we will not know. No matter who reports it, no matter which journalist comes out with the exclusive, nobody knows 100% what happened. And I think speculating on the matter is to some extent disrespectful because yeah. I personally am not a fan of spreading news or spreading information on someone's feelings until or unless Diego Linus or Santi comes out and speaks about the matter i i think everything else is speculation yes. and an attempt for an exclusive however i think being with the national team was done on purpose i don't think a like um a technical like tata martino would just bring them for false hope it's yeah but yeah. i do want to say it is speculation on my end um i just like to say that i don't believe it was done with the intent of hurting a player. Because I don't believe that's what the Mexican national team is based on. I don't know. I really don't know what to believe. Um, let me let me let me try to get on the Tata brain, which everyone will think that I'm that I'm somehow you know a, a Tata lover because I got a lot of hate on Twitter already. That anything. Tata me too. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, you know, you're 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 sticking up for him. He should, you know. I, if what I think happened was. Diego Linus, Santi Jimenez has always, they've always told, this is what's happening. Yeah. Raul needs to get better for you to get in, Santi. And Diego Linus, it's you and Piojo. That's right. it. And until the very last training, which is this, it was this morning, you're going to show up and you're part of the team. We're going to call you. We need you to be here. And I want to tell you myself. And I think with the news breaking, because if you think about it, if no one knew about what happened yesterday, Diego Linus would come into camp and, you know, players would be told what who was happening and whatever meeting they had, they had a practice, a close practice. Yeah. And it's part of his duty to be called up for that 31 man list to yeah. become to the very last training. Yeah. I think that was it. They were supposed to schedule those flights. I know from experience, they get, they get booked a long time in advance. And you know, what is Diego going to go say no. And when he's flying the night before, what is something going to say? No. When he's flying the night before, even though they're going to, yeah. they know it sucked that it broke and maybe, I would hope that they would found out not from the press, but I think, I think Tata and team is what I'm hoping they just did this. If it, if not, if it comes out that they weren't told and they were told in the morning and they knew about whatever, then okay, that'll come out and that sucks. I, you know, the fact that yeah, everything gets leaked out. I agree. No, I agree with what you said, and I I think there needs to be a larger focus that no player is larger than the team. And if you were asked to report 
going over, being with the national team players who will be traveling to Qatar. I think it's a sign of respect, personally, seeing, and I assume um, they were told before, but seeing Santi travel, especially Santi, because I I definitely think he knew what his situation was. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a little bit more hesitant on Linus, but I think Santi knew exactly what his place on the team was. And reporting to Hirona, being with the group, right before leaving, I do think it's a sign of respect to a, a club or a team that you want to be a part of in the years to come. It, it's not a momentary decision. I think you're investing in a team, you're investing in a future, and you're re- representing a country. And with that should come a sign of respect, whether you're in Qatar or not. And I've seen several players who don't make the list come out and cheer on the ones that do. And I just think that proves the type of nation that we are. And that's exactly why I say I'm excited about this list. I think at the end of the day, these are all players who have given their all to be on it. Whether I agree with their ability, whether I would play them or not, we we can't disagree on the fact that each and every one of them have worked so hard to be where they are. So before I can have criticized, and and I did, and I will continue to on the field, however, I... I'm excited for the players for making their dreams come true. The chat's going off. Will Santi switch to Argentina <laughs> in the coming years? Uh, he can't. He already played official games, so that's a no. Giovanna, again, I'm fine with Linus being left out, but not much Santi. A lot of people are all, all the way around. It's They're fine with Santi being left out, but not, not with, yeah. um, with Linus. Um, I've seen wow. players go to camps without no, with knowing that they weren't going to play. When we were at the media day, we talked to some players, and it was about the unity. From what I was told, some players, you know, Tata asks them to come. Even if you're injured, even if you're not playing, even if you're there's, you know, you're not going to get any minutes, come be a part of my trainings, come be a part of the team. And he's asked that for this player. So it doesn't surprise me if maybe at the end, you know, Diego and Santi showed up, be a part of that unity, and then, you know, his part. So... At the same time, not really good optics, and then now criticizing Tata. And and that's where we can say at least, all right, how it was handled, whatever, but criticizing Tata that those two players are not in. I have not found a single journalist or even fan that is like, oh, yeah, that's a good that, – that's fine. Right. Way before in, like, maybe 2014, when, when in 2010, when there were some players that didn't make it, or 2014, when other players didn't make it. I think Rodolfo Pizarro in 2018 was – was better um, and people were kind of mad because he was coming up. Uh, you know, there were there were people that at least would be like, well, I can see why. I haven't seen a single fan that's kind of like, ah, yes, Santi Jimenez should not be called up because of Funes Mori being injured be, uh, and now coming back because of Raul Jimenez still not 100%, which at the same time, him leaving to go get treatment over the weekend, you know, getting a shot, Wolf saying it's okay. So it, it's just, the again, I think three Mexican soccer shows ago, I said that, or maybe a month ago, I said no. Osorio was pretty much hated more going into the World Cup than Tata Martino. I think Tata Martino right now, yeah, from fans by far is is being hated. Yeah, I I do think so. Um, I do want to point out that I feel like since probably two thousand six, maybe there's been drama in. What is the Mexican? Yeah. 
national team and who's included and who's not. I mean, we saw Mundial that no podemos. And I, I think there is always going to be drama. I think, unfortunately for Tata Martino, we're at a point where there's a lot more outlets for toxic environments to be developed and to flourish. And I think that's the tendency at the moment. Um, when I say, and I think it's been the case for you, when, when I say I receive hate because people say I'm completely biased and support Tata Martino, it's just purely because I'm not completely against him. So if I'm not against him, I'm for him, which is, again, not the case in my end, um, and neither is yours. At, to some extent, we're neutral. So unfortunately for Tata, it's just a lot of negative environments for him. Yeah. And I, I know we're going to dive into it. There's a lot of thoughts on Sandy, on Linus, on those included and not, but oh, there's just so much to talk about there. I have so many thoughts. Just so many. Why do you all think Linus doesn't play with his club? Why doesn't he start for his team? Coaches have come and gone. None have started him. Only Pellegrini for like six months. That's a great point and something I've brought up and gotten hate for. Yes, it's true. I mean... At, at this point where we see Linus when he comes in, he's disruptive. No, you know, he's not getting, you know, he, he, he gets goals. He, he makes an impact when he comes in. And, and maybe we have just been wanting this, you know, young player to flourish. And there's been, at, you know, these goggles of, of this is going to be the next Messi, which some people, you know, tweeted. you know, and, and it's true. Uh, if it was La Volpe who said that he should be going to Europe, Piojo said, you know, he should stay in America. Then he moved over. And just like you're saying, Pellegrini is the only one. Braga, he's, he finally got a goal. And, and and I think his second league goal of the year. And maybe there's something we're not seeing um, at the same time. Yeah. But he is going in in the national team and scoring and and putting yeah. up great great performances. I do have to – I do think that, okay, for example, Diego Linus in, like, in, in the Olympics – I don't think he did a lot. And maybe, no. I don't, yeah. maybe he does get lost, and we're just not seeing it. But at the same time, I think that conversation of Piojo Alvarado, even though you and I both really, really, I like Piojo, you like Piojo, yeah. you know, good for him. Um, yeah. Yeah. But if I had to put between both of them, even though our love for Piojo. <laughs> well, here's, is, the uh, thing. here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think I when you're comparing a player and like head to head when it comes to Biojo versus Linus, I think, yes, Linus tends to shine a little bit more. But what I think gave the edge to Biojo was Linus's limited range. Biojo has the ability to come in and play as a winger, play as a false number nine. And as we know, Tata prioritizes diversity on the field and mm -hmm. a player that can he said it. on many different roles. And in a world Biojo was a number nine, he said. You can exactly. put him as a number nine. We saw him play against Paraguay in that way, and he did well. And we know that on the right, he can connect with several different players. So I think in a World Cup setting, you definitely do need a player that can give you range, that can give you differences, that if you suffer a couple injuries, that can come in and be plugged on the field and on the attack wherever you might need that player. And I don't think Linus has that capability. I think he's great at what he does, but he's limited in that way. And... I, for one, hope that in the years to come before 2026, we see him flourish and we see that ability for him to come and be able to do different things and what a coach asks for. I do think when he's given the ability, he 
he has a potential to shine. But when you're thinking about a very limited 26-player roster, you're going to go for that one that gives you several different options rather than the one that you're going to put in for 10 minutes in the wings that can maybe bring you a spark or not. Again, when comparing a player face-to-face, Maybe Linus takes the edge, but when you're comparing it in a World Cup setting where you need so many different things from a player, I think Piojo is that guy for Tata where he can just let his diversity and just range of skill shine. Okay, I, 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 I will buy your, your argument that Piojo has, could do more for the national team. But again, you could not find a place for Linus in the 26 man. Oh, box. no, you can. No, you 100%. Like, I'm that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, fine. And, and I don't know if it was really Linus and Piojo. I mean, we'll if never it know. Was, it was. I understand why Piojo made the squad. However, then then, fine. But then 26 players, and you still cannot take a guy. Oh, no. Like I, for example, Linus. like personally speaking, I would have replaced Luis Romo for Diego Luis Linus. Romo. But Charlie, Charlie Rodriguez, who hasn't done, you know, a lot in the national team. Like I, that's, I feel like that there's a lot. And even, and I'll say this, even Antuna, if you're saying that there's only one person that can give you one type of, of player and the, and is, is Antuna can only do one thing. Yes, but he trusts him to do that. Thing. True. And I give that. That's are, that's his guy. closest to what, in his mind, to what yeah. the guy was. So like, Diego Linus, for me, definitely had a place in that 26-player roster, would have taken the spot of Luis Romo in, in like, what was the whole grand scheme of things. But yeah. in the idea or the way it was planted that Tata said either Biojo or Linus, I understand the decision. I don't understand the decision. <laughs> Over, I, I mean, overall, yeah. Like, I, I 100% would have included him. I no, think no, also, I get it. This is, this is why you're here, Lizzie, because we, we could give us a little bit of a, all right, this is, this is where I, no, no, we've said it. He even said it. I mean, he was, it's, it's, it just goes at the end. And then, you know, the Santa Jimenez and Raul, Raul Jimenez. Raul, from the very start, from when we talked to him in LA, said, I'm going to be there, 100%. So for those that are asking, Raul should just step aside. Can you imagine, like, you going oh, to another World Cup and, and and even if you know I'm gonna step aside because I'm not 100 percent it's not gonna happen. No. Um but at the same time, you know, if I don't if we don't see him play against uh, or against Sweden or or because he's hurt still not hundred percent he doesn't play against Poland what you're gonna put him against Saudi Arabia which is the rumors that are have like that's the game that, that he's gonna come in. For one game, we've you know right. that that's where I'm just kind of like you're not bringing in a hunt a healthy uh, Raúl Jiménez for Santi Jiménez. So no, I uh, think he, I think he, it'll be telling, not interesting. I think it'll be telling whether he plays or not against Sweden on Wednesday, and from there, what we see. I think if he's bringing him, I think he's healthy enough to play, and he should be healthy enough to play against Poland, like right from the start. Um, now the, the Santi talk, which can get controversial. I don't know if you want to dive into it just yet, but we can. Yeah. All right. Um, I have thoughts. I, I agree. I think Santi Jimenez is having a fantastic moment. He's doing great in Europa League. He's 
thriving with Feyenoord. He left um, Liga MX with Cruz Azul mid the apertura as the leading goal scorer. But I think that we cannot overlook that his debut with the national team was in 2021. Such a short time ago. I, while I understand why people want him, his time with the team has been so extremely limited. And now we're, we are talking about him as a third choice, third in Tata's head, or had you brought him on as a fourth striker. Mm -hmm. So I think in a team with a system that plays with one striker, he still wouldn't have seen time on the field. Now, we just can't ignore the fact that he hasn't been a huge part of this team as Raul Jimenez has, as Henry has, as Funes Mori, barring injuries. And I, I do understand that trajectory. I'm not, I'm personally, again, and I do want to say, I would have chosen Santi Jimenez because people think I'm biased and I don't like him. I would have personally brought on Santi Jimenez over Funes Mori with a personal decision. Yeah, that's, that's where everybody's at. I would have brought him over. However, yeah. I still think if we're talking hierarchy, he was very low on that list with a strike, with a system that plays a one number nine, he still wouldn't have seen time. With a healthy Raul, if he's healthy enough, it would have been Raul, Kerry Martin, Santi. Wouldn't have found time on the field. He deserves to, but he wouldn't have seen time on the field. No, yeah. like, realistically speaking, he wouldn't have seen time on the field. Now, I agree, he should be on that list rather than Funes Mori, who I don't believe will also see time on the field. Um, however, I do think given Tata's mentality, it's been a very, very short cycle for him. It's been 2021 was his debut. He didn't even form part of an entire, like a complete tournament. No Gold Cup, no Nations League, no CONCACAF qualifying cycle. He's been great, and he has a great moment and a great career ahead of him. I, think, I know, I know, it's controversial. Is he Europa's leading scorer. I understand, you know, the, I do, but someone in the someone in the chats, Guardado debuted with the national team six months before the World Cup. Oh. That was a different story. I don't know. I think if you play with one number nine, I even at this moment, I didn't think he was going to be the starting, like the starting role. Yeah, and I, look, I get it. I, and again, we're giving you the reasons what Tata is bringing. You know, right. we're not giving you our not reasons. Personal so, reason. or, so for anyone that's listening, Lizzie and I do not want <laughs> Santi Jimenez to not be on the list. Yeah, that's do not want Diego to not be on the list. Take it easy. T take it easy. <laughs> um, we're trying to figure out what Tata was thinking. And, right. and Tata gave us little nuggets in the pr last press conferences. Yeah. Right, when he said, you know, Santi Jimenez, how many minutes is he getting? Yeah. What has he actually done in minutes? I'm yeah. the one that gave him the the opportunity to come in the Moleros. And, uh, you know, I have great... And he's got the hierarchy. You know, we have Henry who's been there, you know, getting us out of trouble against Jamaica in the qualifiers. We have him score. So, again, we're trying to figure out the reasons as to why that the chose him. Personally, Lizzie and I, I don't think anybody in the Mexican soccer show and anybody on the chat would yeah. have something to say. So, right. uh, yeah, we get it. We get it's, it. We get it. Yeah. It's like a, it's a difficult thing to come to terms with 
but I personally did see it coming. I think a lot of people did, especially when Tata Martino came out and talked about hierarchy and the list where Santi trumped, I mean, Santi came in fourth place, not trumping his first three choices. And he made it extremely clear in several different press conferences that he was not taking four strikers. So by that measure, and I'm not great at math, he was going to be cut from that list unless Jimenez said, I'm not healthy enough. So I don't think it's a great decision. Um, I personally would have brought him on that list, maybe put him to play. Again, I do think if he was included on that list in Tata Martino's head, he still wouldn't have seen time on the field, which is a completely different mistake, but I don't think he would have seen time. So then it bears the question, are we all rioting against a player who, had he made the squad, wouldn't have played? Yeah. No, no. see. All right. So it is time for our Panini segment. And uh, I want to get your reactions on this. I did a quick little poll after today's announcements. Actually, it came out around like an hour ago. Mexico will play three games and go home, make the round of 16, quinto partido or semifinal. Lizzie, I feel like I'm going to do this poll again the day before or maybe after the Sweden game and get closer. But right now, I'm really surprised that 50% of people say we're going to go play three games and out. And I wish I would have done this poll maybe two days before the list came out. But does this list give you no hope? Um, I think that's a reflection of the toxic environment around the fan base at the moment rather than our ability on that roster. I've heard way too many people say this is our worst team in 80 years. I I, I beg one of those people who say that to name the roster at like 80 years ago. I, I personally, I voted for make the round of 16. Um, I think we will. And then... And then we're going to um, fade away into... And then we're going to go against France. Yeah, and then, you know, they'll beat us and we'll bow out respectfully, um, take that bow, and then really just focus to 2026. But this poll, if anything, is a reflection on the mood at the moment rather than what I think our roster is capable of. Well, um, I, I think it's interesting. I think I'm, I'm kind of... Kind of surprised that somebody would say the semifinal out of 722 votes. If you have not voted, I need to get to 1,000 and make it official. So if you have not voted, go to my um, go to my Twitter and check this out and, and vote. But the six percent out of 700, whatever that number is, that's all. That's that's like 20 people or so that are that are cool uh, with the semifinal. Quinto partido, 11 percent. I would have thought maybe people are like, ah, we'll make it out. But no, 49 percent are saying that. So uh, that is our. That's just kind of crazy. Looking at the chat, what does everybody say? Let's see, let's see. Look, already, I love Lizzie's posit- positivity. That's that's what's coming Thank out. You. So Thank you so much. I wish uh, for semifinals, and, uh, but it's, it, realistically, I don't believe Mexico will make the fifth game. That's uh, realistic, but, yeah. Yes. And All if right, recent okay. history has taught us anything, that is definitely realistic. <laughs> Need that 6% reveal themselves so we can get them help. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. And right here, I think, let's see, it said, um, I think most people, 
are just mad at the moment. So I'm going to do this poll once again after the uh, the Sweden game. See how you guys are feeling. We're scoring 3-0 against Sweden. People are going to be like, quinto partido. We're so, we're so crazy. We're like all over the place, right? Like, so we'll see. Are. I do have to say that, man, there's a lot of people that don't feel really good about this. Um, all right. Um, the list. Here it is. And we'll move out of the way, as you can see. <laughs> Here you Here's go. Liz. Um, ah, Lizzie, when you're looking at this, and this is kind of something that I want to kind of touch on. Yeah. The youngest player is Kevin Alvarez with 23 years old. I love this argument. I, I truly, I love this argument. 23 because... years old, when you're looking at a, a you know, yeah. at the U.S., Oh, that's an excellent point. Well, that's my ex other extreme. I as think. a young, young, young squad, you have other squads, and I don't know when it'll come out. I think 29 is the average age or something like that. But when you're looking at young World Cup squad, when you're looking at the future, somebody said it, you know, Acevedo is going to be 30, Linus is going to be 26, yeah. um, Santi is going to be 25 or, or something like like in their first World Cup. I mean – I do want to stress the fact that average age and success has no correlation in yeah. the World Cup. Um, no, and I think it's important to stress that because I, I do feel like a lot of people were really upset about our age range. And I want to point out the extreme or the other end of this, which is the United States, who have an average age, I believe it was 23.5, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. or something around that number. Um, okay, that's great in paper, in theory, but they have one player with World Cup experience. No other player on that roster has ever been to a World Cup. So if we're talking about leadership, if we're talking about experience, if we're talking about just connections on that field, a younger age range limits you of that. DeAndre Yedlin is the only U.S. men's national team player who's ever been to a World Cup playing in 2014 because, of course, as we know, they missed out on 2018. I personally don't see a huge problem with age, especially if we're talking That's about... they missed out, though. What? That's because they missed out. I mean... Right, but still, were, there's a lot of... Missed out, no, there's like... They, they, they would have been, like, a lot of players with World Cup experience. Um, I don't I don't want to say a lot. I want to say at least two or three more. But no, Greg Halter has seen a lot of turnover. There, there has been a lot of turnover for sure, but I think that would have been. I, gotta, I, I think like Pulisic would have led the attack, but alongside him you have Giorena and Jesus Ferreira, who wouldn't have seen the time of day in 2018. I get what you mean with the – by the way, I don't know if you can read all the little names, so we'll uh, – there it is. <laughs> you assume you see the pictures. Let's so say you see the picture. Um, I don't, I don't know if 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 it's an argument to say you have to bring young players. It's just that when you do see other countries bring young players, and we kind of talked about it, Lizzie, yeah. bringing Acevedo. That was your argument. The very first. Oh my god! Right. I will bring, fight. Bring Acevedo for it, right? Yes, but. First of all, I do want to make the case that if we're talking about average, hello. Amy's joining us. Yay. Um, if we're talking about average, having Ochoa as a goalkeeper severely brings that average up. True. So it's not necessarily a reflection. Our, well, the three goalkeepers. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
who aren't okay. gonna like Talavera and Cotar are not gonna see time. So, but it's still, but it's still the the fact that we only have one player at 23 years old. Like, yeah, but your average player is between 26 and 27, which. If we're speaking statistics, there have been records that say that that's your peak age as a football player. You have our midfield that includes um, Edson Alvarez, who's 25, 26. Um, Guti, who's 25, 26. Um, you have several figures who are very much at their prime in their mid-20s, which I personally find a lot more reassuring than having a 19-year-old lead the midfield with zero prior tournament experience. Having said that, yes, I was a huge, huge um, fan of having Acevedo on that roster, but as a third goalkeeper, and he, again, wouldn't have seen time on the field. No. So, Welcome, uh, Amy, now as part of our amazing production, joining, the team, joining this discussion. Amy, we talked about Diego Linus. We talked about Santa Jimenez being snubbed. I'm pretty sure you've seen everything. And then now we're talking about the young players nah, that we have none. There are no, I mean, Kevin Alvarez at 23. Cesar Montes is considered one of the young guys. Like that cachorro name will still be with him at 30 years old. But your thoughts? I'm really going to enjoy the two weeks that Mexico's in the World Cup to the fullest extent as much as I can. I'm going to go, I'm going to go positively like Lizzie and just enjoy. I was one of the, uh, I forgot the percentage that I saw in that poll. I was in the, uh, no, three games, and it's it's a lot of fun. I will have so much. Fun. Were you in the three games? Like oh, that's yeah. it. Like like you you don't think they're gonna make but, it out of the group? Like I am, I am not hoping that this is. I've always said that I don't. No hope one hopes failure. No, no, no. But there's people that are like, no, Actually, you know what? Yes, there are people that say there they want to that are green out. I want to. I want to. I want to make sure that that gets. Right. No credit for anything. Although, like, to their, although to to that discourse, to that extremity on the spectrum of discourse, like I can kind of see their point. Does that, like, you know, like, do I want that to happen? No. Do I see their point? Sort of. And I think that's what this left. You know, it's one thing I think I heard Lizzie right before I started joining, right? It's one thing to assume. It's another thing to finally, like, see it actually come out officially, you know, and it does leave you with this. I don't know, like this realistic, I don't want to say bitterment, but just like, oh, we really are going to go with this system that you have insisted upon this entire time. Like we should know better than to expect something different, but we did. We did to some capacity. We said, I don't know. know, To the very end. No, seriously, to the very end, literally. literally, We're like, you know what? Maybe he'll take something. Maybe he'll take something because maybe, I don't know, something will spark in his brain late at night and he'll realize, you know, this is a wonder kid. You know, we've seen a lot of moments throughout this, cycle throughout the four years where you're like you know what i think he'll do this i'll think he'll do that and he didn't and he never strayed away from it to his credit you know he's going to keep going on this hill that he's continuing to climb now it's just a matter of what will happen to die <laughs> no, I, yeah. to die no that's a that's a good point that you bring up and, and seeing and i don't like usually going down this comparison but the U.S. men's national team has gone the complete extreme on the other end, um, having their head coach abandon a system he preached for months ahead of the World Cup, opting for a player on the attack who he's seen in, in a very, very limited capacity, opting for players to replace other injured, like so much turnover on that squad and abandoning the principles he set forth during the qualifying cycle. So that on the other end has 
instilled a lot of insecurity in the fan base. So I think it'll be interesting in the World Cup to see both of the team's trajectory, to see a coach who insisted and believed in his system when people told him not to, or the fans cried out for something different, and a head coach who completely abandoned what he was supposedly building. Because if we're going down the U.S. men's national team route, I don't ever think Greg Berhalter knew what kind of system he was developing. I don't even think he had one in mind. But that's a whole different story. Um, so I think it's it'll be interesting to see two very different routes being taken and see how it goes for both. I well, I can't say it because you know we're so, I don't want to give bad karma to to Mexico, but I I have I don't really. What did Gotti say last time? Gotti said like it's a waste of my soul. Life. <laughs> Something in that realm. Same thing, you know. Like uh, good luck that team. <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's just very like discouraging right now. This, it's the feeling of discouragement because to the point, I guess, even to like the young old veteran discourse is like our veteran, you know, like there's a lot of people, I think maybe what a year and a half ago, we would be, we would be singing a different tune, but like Hector Herrera being on, I mean, he was gonna, again, he was going to make the final roster that I don't think there was a doubt in anybody's mind. He was going to make the final roster, but Hector Herrera, as he exists right now is a very, very discouraging player. And I think that's what that's the general consensus over a lot of these players where on paper, right, it would make sense to to have all these players that he's called up. But the performance level hasn't been to the level that they could be. And that includes Raul because Raul hasn't played since August. So it's it, you're just like it, it kind of goes, it's funny because you are saying I completely agree. These these players that we know played really, really well that are not performing or Raul. Herrera, Herrera at top Herrera, it is one of the best players we have. You know, Atletico when's Madrid. The last time top, yeah, when's the last true. time you saw top Herrera? Right, we haven't seen it. Um, Funes Mori, back two years ago, is getting the record. A great player, and we don't have players like Funes Mori. We don't. And you know Martin, what's ironic is that what I saw, what I saw uh, today too, because I mean, there's a lot of opinions, and everybody's in their emotions, justifiably so. But it's like. Raul Jimenez is, is hasn't played, literally hasn't played in, in months. You know, Fundes Mori not in a good place. All of a sudden, people were throwing flack at Henry Martin, who okay, oh, maybe not that. at the national team level, but at the club level is like is an argument almost like Santi's. Like he was scoring consistent goals for his club, and yet people are like it's just it's all over the but place right now. That's where I'm going. Where like the players we didn't like, I'll say we as fans favorites yeah. are actually performing for Tata. Gallardo, right? And is, is a player that nobody, even to this day, still doesn't want him. People don't yeah. want on the national team because they're just like, ah, we lost against the U.S. with the, with this team. These guys are crap, right? Funes More, who, yes, who scored a goal and looked better than bef- there has been before, right? That does guys who are scoring in their we're leagues. We're facing a very low ranking Iraq. Like- True. True. But if you, but I mean, that's, and, and it just kind of goes to say, like, you know, people are, they really want players and, and, and just how everybody's all over the place, right? People are angry. They're upset. Hopefully that kind of goes away. When me- everything changes on game day when Mexico plays Poland. I really don't think that those people are going to be like, oh, I would I really like to know. That's what I mean. Like, I, I read, like, the rational part of my head is, like, I don't see a place where this team, as it exists now, not on paper, not in what they could be, not their potential, as it exists right now, I don't see it, perform- I don't see them performing at a really great level across three matches that sees them get to, to the round of 16 match. 
do I want that to happen? Do I think that some spark exists in Mexico where every time the World Cup happens, like you just said, something great happens? Sure. But do I see that right now? Do I hope to see it in the game against Sweden? Sure. But if we don't see it against the game against Sweden, and we I won't. Yeah, I think Sweden, like, my concern against Sweden is two things. I want to see Raul play, but I think players, to some extent, are still cautious against Sweden. Nadie va a meter la pierna. No one's going to go for that dive. So I think Sweden will be telling in various different ways, but I don't necessarily think it'll be a good measure of the spark that Mexico can have during the World Cup. And in terms of Iraq, just to play devil's advocate, Ecuador did tie 0-0 against them. E, Lucy, I don't know. No, bueno, they are a very low-ranking team. Mexico le ganó 4-0, another World Cup. I don't mind, but the thing is, I don't mind the goals that they scored. I'm just saying that they didn't play. It's like when you face, look, as somebody who plays soccer on a consistent basis, it's like when when you beat the team that's never played before, right? Did it feel good to score 15 goals against them? Sure. Is that the way to measure yourself on the grand scheme of things when you're going into playoffs or you're going into more competitive games? Probably not. So that that's yeah, my argument. But there is, a, I mean, the fact that Ecuador scored seven goals would have been like we would have yeah. played the other game. Ah, see what we mean? Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I mean, I also think it's very worrying that we're going, ah, even if we don't play that good against Sweden. It doesn't really matter because no, people aren't going to want to be in there. No, like, you can't have it be. No, 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 no. I'm saying that we're not going to play the way that everybody wants us to play because because Tata Martino is not going to have these, like, even six, seven players that will start from what I'm hearing. And also, I think players are so afraid of getting injured. And it, it was seen, like, in NADVC, for example, um, the top three teams – Coincidentally, the teams who have the most World Cup bound players saw negative results the last weekend ahead of travels just because players, I think, are so hesitant right now of getting that final injury because it wasn't like years prior where if you would get injured during the last leg of the season, okay, you get to rest for three, four weeks before camp even starts. Right now, if you get the slightest of nicks in whatever muscle, you're out for the first game. Like Mexico kicks off against Poland next week. I don't think you can play to your full extent against Sweden tomorrow. Ooh, not Wednesday. I thought today was Tuesday. Um, on Wednesday. But I do think it'll be telling of a lot of different things, just not the extent to which we can play. Before 2010, was it 2010? I think so. Mexico played Italy in a friendly if anybody's old enough, I think Meg said he's been watching for a while. Um, Mexico played Italy, and everyone got really excited after that pre-World Cup game. If you look at Mexico versus Italy in that game. Um, we've seen, I think, 2014, our, uh, the preview, the you know, those pre-friend, pre-World Cup friendlies were not that great. I mean, Mexico they could win. Terrible, and it's also... No, no, I think they're pretty bad. You were also in a very dis- different situation going into... No, but I think 2014 was like, oh my gosh, we barely made it the repechaje. So yeah, yeah. You're, I, I completely agree. Oh, you know, 2014. Days, yeah, I thought you said 2018. I'm like 2018. Was 2018. Like, I don't. I don't necessarily. I don't quite remember. But I don't think there was. Mood, but... No, I remember. I remember 2010 for sure. Bella scored. It was. It was an like everyone watches like this. It looked like Spain was playing for a second. Like it was really, really good. Everyone got 
super, super excited. Um, yes, they're saying Meg was saying. See, I knew Meg would remember. He's, he's old like me. Vela scored against CG before. That's right. Um, but, you know, look, going into the Sweden game, what I want to see is I want to see Raul playing. I want to see this is why you didn't, you know, for us to get just a little bit. Like, if we see Raul scoring a goal, two goals, the hustle, be like, okay, just to calm everybody down, right? Um, but I don't think we're going to get that. And which kind of goes, if there's a theme to Tata Martino and his teams, if we look at what Paraguay did, I feel like things are going to get accomplished. We're just not going to be happy. But what is accomplished at, at this like, point? I, I, I think, I think <laughs> Mexico will get out of the group. <laughs> like, I think Mexico will get out of the group playing mediocre football, but we'll get out, yeah. right? Then we'll not get embarrassed against, like, if you look at what Mexico has done, like in the last World Cup, we just got steamrolled by Brazil. Like, we knew Osorio's team was not going to be Brazil. But the error wasn't getting Brazil. The error was a Sweden game, so. Yeah, yeah, okay. We And we got, but what I'm saying, once we, we lost against Sweden, we're like, eh, <laughs> we're not good. No, I mean, yeah, but the, but the the expectation at Brazil wasn't the error, so to speak. Like, the error was them losing yeah. against Sweden because it was in their hands, and then they. So, I think Mexico will have a better World Cup than we did four years ago. What does that mean? I don't think we're going to get steamrolled by anybody. And I don't think we're going to make that great of a, of a noise. We're like, oh, my gosh, this is, you know, if we look at 2014, Mexico beat Germany. We thought we were, you know, it went, went crazy. Well, we could have. That's the part that that's the part that sucks is that you could have. If you just yeah. relax and don't. See, that's the BS Germany. Part. I get it. Like, if he doesn't do what he does against Sweden, like, so many different things could have happened. But. Like, I, I see where you're going, but even then, so what were these four years for to just be- oh, Hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, let me well, get what I'm I saying. do want to also this say is... barring injuries. I think we were unfortunate, like- Yeah, there's- That is not where we are right now. That's the point. There's, there's, a, there's a reason why we're, we're here. There's a reason why we're here. And and, and again, to my, to my point, I think Mexico will- find a way to get out of the group will not get embarrassed it's not gonna be like a 6-0 Argentina it's not gonna be Argentina we'll you know maybe win 1-0 in the last minute against Poland we'll lose 1-0 against Argentina and we'll win 1-0 in the last 10 minutes against Saudi Arabia get six points right and then play it and actually maybe like get out in extra time again in in the 16. Like, I think, yeah. Tata is cautious. But is that, is, like, is, what did we gain from that? Uh, oh, oh no, nothing. Like, we're not, we're not so going then, to get to the partido. But. So then this is I your position to. It's where we're at. Let's go back to the players we have. And do we really think, you know, we have, we, we can beat a France. We can beat a, a Netherlands in the round of 16. Or we can, you know, maybe if we get a second or third team that would kind of surprises in that team. So it's like, that's, that's where I see that this team, which again, you know, or this could all just be bad and we lose against Poland and everybody's right. Okay. I think what I understand what you're saying. I think we're not going to see an extremely exciting result, whether that be exciting for a good way or a negative. I don't think we'll see that either, but Hey, like a lot of people praise that for taking Paraguay very, very far with the one zeros or extra time. So like, I, I don't know if we'll see that. 
I'm nervous for this team, but I, I think I'm just, I want to get excited. And again, I don't think we have such a bad roster. I don't think so. We I don't should, think we saw know smoking. Proven. Yeah. Chad is not happy with me, so. Oh, God. No, not at all. No, 100%. I agree with. Who we saw was a guy saying Canada wouldn't do good in the qualifiers. I told you, you did. You said that quite a few no, times. No, I was. No, I said Canada wasn't going to do well in the, in, against us, and they did. I was wrong. I was wrong. I agree with yeah. what Garcia FC is saying. This isn't Paraguay. Like my point with, I mean, no disrespect to Paraguay at all. I think a national team performing to a really huge level deserves some level of respect to a certain extent. But my point is that after Osorio, right? Because nobody was satisfied with how Sweden went about. And then Brazil, like we were all saying, right? We kind of basically are already praying for a miracle. We thought, we thought that was it. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to do what you did in 2014 against in 2018. And then we kind of just said goodbye after the round of 16. Like there's none of that now, but even when he left, cause he chose to leave, I started chose to leave. Yeah. We're all like, should he stay? Should he go? He's like, now nah, I'm leaving. That that comes in. And it's like, he just, you know, he just won the championship with Atlanta United. He had that run with Paraguay. So there was these, all these like, optimism that something new was going to come and after four years it was too bad no no like, no not that did well in 2019 but then he refused to adjust but here's the thing i don't i think there's a huge generational change to be made within la selección mexicana i don't think it was tata martino's responsibility or he had the ability to make that shift. I think it's going to be a forced shift ahead of 2026, which we'll see a very different Mexico for a good or for the bad. Injuries definitely played a huge role in the shaping of Mexico, whether it was right to stick on Raul or develop different players is a completely different thing. But I think when talking about the round of 16, y el quinto partido, I think it's important to note that Mexico right now is very much between the 9 to 11 ranking in the world. We are not within top eight. We are, I don't want to say mediocre, we're not top 15. We're 9, 10, or 11. So breaking into that quinta partida, breaking into those, um, to that, is difficult realistically for a team that is not at that level yet. Though our expectations as a fan base are way beyond our capabilities and realistically where Mexico stands in the global rankings, I don't think that should shadow the ability that is breaking into the round of 16, which I think we can do this year. But I think that's where we belong at the moment. Yeah. No, that yeah. We're, we're a selección. I would say I'd put, us, I'd put us in the round of 16. I think that's it. Someone yeah, said it perfectly. This is where everyone's get. Everyone thinks I'm like, oh, we're good enough. Everyone's saying that we're good enough to be. No, but what I'm, what I'm, I'm arguing... just saying, Tata, the way that I see things going, I don't think it's going to be horrible, but I don't think we're going to be excited. And whatever. So the then what comes that, is, My question is, what comes out of that? What? No, is? nothing. Absolutely nothing. Well, then these four nothing. years were. It is what we have. That's where no, I'm like, at. I, so like, I understand Amy's point of view, but at the same time, like. That 1-0 against Germany, like that brought 
I understand. We no, that was a super effective game. That was oh, your win goal against Germany. No, you held down a very effective formation to be able to score one goal against Germany. No, now, there's of course that Germany wasn't as good as they could have been either, and so you're able yeah, to no, score. No, no, we spent three years with Osorio planning for Germany. Like that, that, that was it. Like it wasn't, and after that, it was kind of like ah. Eh. But like since I said, oh, this is just like college. Moments, like I, I do think we're gonna get into like that round of sixteen. E, ese es el objetivo. Realistically, that's where our hill ends. But I think the purpose of this World Cup is to give us moments like we lived against Germany. To a certain degree, I think that's what this World Cup is gonna be, and. I want to avoid sounding like a cliche fan, but like I'm already looking forward to 2026 when we see a forced generational change. And I say forced because I don't think Tata Martino or any other head coach would dare to take that. Entirely. Let's just focus on, you know, and I'm getting flashbacks with Monterrey where I was struck by a press conference. I was like, you know what? This wasn't even important. 2027 is what matters. No, deal with that right now. Um, you had a comment that you wanted to put, we saw, and I also have an I adjacent. Don't know what I don't know. It kind of, there's so many comments. There's so many comments going on right now in the, in the chat. But um, Garcia FC is saying, let's just agree that Argentina's winning. No, I think Brazil. Uh, I agree. I don't think Argentina's winning it. Uh, here's what people are saying. I see moments like Mexico, Chile, Mandarin coming. And I think that's a justifiable thing to prepare yourself oh, no. for. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. Looking at, Look. you're looking at mediocre sufficientness. What if it's not that? No, 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 no. I that again. I'm not saying it's. I, I'm just giving maybe pro, a projection. Okay. This is no, what I think is going to happen. That's, that's happen. Let me let me let me tell you this. I don't think we're going to beat Argentina. But I think something can happen. Like I see a moment like Mexico, Chile, memory incoming. If I look back at it, I'm like, there, the evidence was there. Like, you you know, that's, that's, then that's I, where I, you're, you're, you're picking the less of two evils, basically. When you have a mediocre World Cup performance where you didn't do anything extraordinary, like you could have in theory, or you well, embarrass yourself. Well, no, I'm, that's, how, I'm saying that's how player, that's how people are feeling. Like, like you could say, I'm like, all right, I guess, I guess it was all that. I don't want to believe it. No, no, no. I'm saying that it's going to be a mediocre. I think Tata's teams are just going to just do everything you need. And then if all of a sudden we get to the quinto partido by tying every game or somehow, like by going to PKs and whatever, and it's like, like the Paraguay game, like, the, like he had, and we get to the quinto partido and it's just boring. Like, so I think Eric, uh, Eric said on my Twitter, "Is like if we tie zero zero, we get one point each, but somehow we make it the quinto partido. People are still gonna be pissed, even though we made it. Ah, but so it's it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. We we could end it with uh, let's hope for the best, prepare for the worst. <laughs> I'm just gonna hope for the best. I'm not preparing for anything. I'm just hoping so positive. Uh, I have to. <laughs> See, no. They'll pick. lose. They'll lose to Saudi Arabia. That will be the nail in the coffin for Tata's ten. I mean, I don't I think want it's that. regardless. That's... I, I've been saying you got to believe. Uh, all right, all right. It's okay. So let's see. Let's. We took a little bit of time today to figure out how we're feeling with the national team. We're going to revisit. Okay. <laughs> we'll come back after the Sweden game, see where we're at, how we're feeling, and then the day of, and we'll just kind of keep going. All right. So after that first Poland game, how is everybody feeling? And then I, I, I think. It's going to show. Or Lewandowski scores in the, in the third minute. 
and then he scores in the 15th minute and we're down 2-0. And it's over. It's I mean, we lose against Poland. That's that's going to be crazy. All right, all right, all right. Um we talk about the list, we talk about who was not on uh Really quick, Amy, we're, the discussion was no youngsters, 23. I don't know if you had your, your thoughts in there that only 23. Only uh, Kevin Alvarez is 23 years old. And if we're looking at 2026, I mean, I guess we're going to give those youngsters who are not youngsters anymore. But uh, does having youngsters mean that you could have a better World Cup to you? I think the only reason it's such a huge discussion right now is what I said earlier. I think because of the level that the veterans have showed right? Whether it's a lack of leadership, whether it's a lack of actual performance on the field. I know there's been a huge, or not a huge, but there's been a back and forth about like Guardado's place on the national team now, especially now that he's kind of confirmed that this is going to be his last World Cup. Um, I mean, we had Rafa in 2018 and he chunked us up to the oldest roster by like a good amount. So, <laughs> like, I think it's such an important conversation. Well, point. In 2010. What happened? Well, Temok in 2010. There's just so many things. I think it's such a huge discussion point right now because you just go, okay, so you, like I, I think we've been talking about it, and I think the chat has been saying it too. The transition has been non-existent. So yeah. what are we what are we who are we preparing for in this tournament? Ochoa? I'm gonna say it's been one. Like it's, make a great point. That's uh, I think I don't know. I think if the team was better. Like, honestly, I think if they performed better and they were in a more secure place, I'd be like, well, it, we're going to work with who we have, which is a really good set of players. But considering we're not, I think it just adds kind of fuel to the fire of people that doubt Tata and his, and his ways. I mean, I don't necessarily mind that there's not youngsters, but I think just the way that all the older players have been performing is is the discouraging part. It's the part that's hard to... To comprehend, but Ochoa wants his sixth World Cup appearance. Oh, yeah, yeah. Quiero mucho Ochoa, but yeah, step off after this World Cup. After this World Cup. All right, all right, all right. It's been uh, an hour now with the Mexican soccer show. Especially, we're not going to go over the game versus Sweden. It's around the same time uh, last week. I think twelve p.m. Mexico time or one p.m. Mexico time. Um, we'll see what Tata fields. I don't think it's going to be anywhere close to starting 11. And from what I'm hearing is that Rotaciones is going to come back and we're going to have a lot of rotations for different types of game that Tata will have. There are three games in 10 days. That could also take account. The great thing about this World Cup, let's say great, is that there is no travel for players. But again, they're coming out. There's a lot of people are saying injuries. They just played a game, which is a little bit ridiculous. Um, we'll, we'll see how everybody feels. Uh, it looks like, I think the, the team will fly in on third, on Friday from, uh, from Girona into Qatar and Las Instalaciones, which are really, really far away in Doha. So, uh, they're going to be way out there. So to be, I don't know, no, I don't know if the caravanas are going to reach out there. Somebody was asking if we're going to go, uh, Amy and I are heading over there on Friday. Well, um, yes. Make the 14-hour journey, and uh, we're going to have the Mexican soccer show uh, daily. So uh, all of us that have been a part of it, either one of us will take one day at a time or two of us that are there. Lizzie, you'd be more welcome to join on one of your thoughts on one of the days where you can take off. So stay tuned 
for lots and lots of content that's coming out from not only uh, Mexican Talk Show, from Mex Nation. Also, uh, Lizzie is part of, why did I forget your, your, ah, 90 minutes. I, I, I remember it, Lizzie, but I'm not going to say it because I want Wiso to remember what it is. 90, yeah, sorry, 90 minutes. I don't know why I went to Copa 90 for like right away. R.I.P. Copa 90. R.I.P. Copa 90. 90 Min. Lizzie, uh, what will you be doing during the World Cup for uh, 90 Min? So everything and anything. Um, so we're going to be covering North American teams. So personally, I'm going to be spearheading our um, USMNT and Mexico, obviously, um, efforts. But I'll be overseeing everything Canada. So following along to CONCACAF in Qatar. But predominantly Mexico. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, you'll see lots of content come out from uh, Flex Nation, Amy, myself. So yes, it'll be it'll it'll be fun and then well we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, well flight people are missing Tom Marshall. Of course we all miss Tom. Miss, guys. We all, we miss, all, we all miss Tom. Um, one day we got to make like, like maybe after be like, Tom, come in and, and say hello to everybody. He always, he's always tweeting. He's always messaging us on WhatsApp and what's happening. So it's maybe we should have like a, this is what Tom said about, about the call up. Tom out of context. Tom Marshall out of context. We'll just, we'll just <laughs> screenshot random messages he sends us. Now, Tom's uh, not too busy trying to, uh, take all the Liga MX Mexican players to MLS. So <laughs> Yes, he's got a right now, guys. He's a scout. He's a scout over at Atlanta, so we miss Tom Marshall. All right, Lizzie, thank you again for joining. Thank you. Uh, Amy, thanks for joining in. And and uh, yeah, lots and lots on the chat. A lot of people watching right now. Please help us share this if you can go on. Um, if you're if you're listening to us on Apple Podcast or on Spotify, I think you can give us a little rating, and we can pop up when anybody goes Mexican soccer. We are the longest Mexican soccer podcast in English. And yeah, we're proud of that. So, all how right, the next show. Hmm? You said we're the longest. So how tall are we compared to other podcasts? Sorry, the longest running. We are the longest running show. So yeah, let's see. Uh, when's the next show? Uh, for sure, next Monday. But uh, we'll have uh, we'll start the World Cup daily soon. So yeah, unless something crazy pops up. Like we can just have a crazy show all of a sudden. You're like, by the way. Raul gets injured, and guess who comes on one day before is Santi Jimenez. I don't know. I, that's the only that thing is that I can some say. type of manifesting you're doing there. No, no, no. I don't want anybody injured. I'm just saying. Maybe he's like, okay, I'm not, and Santi Jimenez comes in. Which, ultimately, I know we were supposed to end, but um, I believe – no, it has to be like a real injury. Like, Raul can't go, oh, by the way, I have, like, what yeah. happened to come in. But if there is an injury, we'll see. Uh, Cesar saying, relax, we saw. No, I'm not saying, Okay. All right, right. Yes, Naive. We miss Naive. I think Naive is doing also his Rosartera, and uh, he's got his uh, a cool podcast. So definitely listen to Naive. And also um, Cruz Azul, Máquina Cruz Azul guy is in it. And also, I believe Soccer Mexicano was part of it on one of them. So shout out to our friend Naive. And uh, you follow the hashtag Liga MX Eng, and you can see, I believe, all his posts. Uh, awesome stuff, our friend Naive. All right. This has been another edition. Gracias a todos. We'll see what happens. And uh, hasta la próxima. Adiós.